0: The Caldy Place stood on a headland overlooking the fog-bound sea. It was the oldest house on that bleak stretch of the Northern California coast, and its timbers were even older. They had been salvaged more than a century ago from a vessel caught on the lee shore and driven aground below the bluff from the sea in the oddly canted light that precedes a storm. The house still resembled a ship dismasted and hurled to destruction by conflicting currents, its bows pointing seaward. Captain and crew whirled off in the storm winds, and the hulk itself left derelict at the whim of the surf. The nautical motif was appropriate, for the culdies were inveterate seafarers. They had captained trading schooners along the coast since the days of the gold rush, clubbed seals on the ice of the Chukchi Sea, hunted sea otters in the inshore kelp beds, and harpooned whales on the blue water from the line islands to the Antarctic. More than a few of them had served in the Navy, and Culde bones lay encrusted in coral off beaches where palm trees swayed. Jim Culde, the last male of the line, had almost added his bones to the pile. Often, now that he was on the beach, he wished he were down there with his kinsmen. Instead, he lived here, a derelict, alone except for his daughter, Miranda. Dogs loped along the beach in the early morning, wild dogs, skinny in the fog. From the bows of his house, the old sailor could see them ghosting through the mist kicked up by the surf, pausing to sniff a clump of kelp or a slippery driftwood burl. Some mornings, especially after a storm, dead things washed up on the beach, half buried in the clattering shingle. The dogs ripped them apart and bolted them down in angry convulsive gulps. Heads buried themselves in a bloated belly, tails waving spastically in the fog, their salt-wet fur matted and dull in the sunrise. They emerged only to gasp for breath, muzzles dark with blood, they ran off to bury the bones, gone till tomorrow. When he was younger, Kaldi might have felt disgust or outrage at their behavior. Death should have its dignity. But the dogs were fierce in defending their finds, and he would have had to fight them to liberate the carcass. Once, he was almost sure he had tried. It was the body of a young woman, the victim of a wandering iceberg, or a gale, or perhaps an enemy torpedo. He saw her awash in the surf, turning gracefully toward the rocks, her dark hair spread like a sea fan, until the next wave hurled her onto the stones at the high water mark. Something in the way she moved, the toss of a slim, bare arm, a coquettish twist of her neck, gave him a momentary hope that she might still be alive. He could save her yet, he thought, carry her up to the house, to the warmth of the fire, spoon brandy down her throat, watch her cold breasts slowly flush with color, her pulse quicken, her eyelids quiver and open. He raced down the stone steps, vaulted the sea well, ran in long, eager strides across the slippery strand. But the dogs were there before him, bristling, lean, foul-smelling as the rot they ate, their black leather lips drawn back from yellow teeth. They growled even louder than the sea itself. Beyond them lay the girl. Already the crabs had broken her eyes. It is a wild rank place, he thought, and there is no flattery in it. The house, though, was snug and tight, secure against the sea's cold indifference. In the entry hall, yellow oilskins hung over ranks of sea boots and hip boots clotted with drying marsh mud. Shotguns, rifles, and fishing tackle gleamed from pegs on the wall, dark with oil. Old dock decoys carved from swamp cedar and wayward hatch covers, austere in the flat primary colors of house paint, lay coiled in their anchor cords. Wigeon and gadwalls, shovelers and golden eyes, old squaws, teal, a pair of harlequin drakes in their winter plumage. Crab pots and fish traps, awaiting new slats or wire, stood neatly stacked in one corner near a scarred and blunt-tinned clam rake. All of these were now Miranda's tools, for Culdee rarely went out anymore. The floors inside the hall door were of polished pine, lustrous with wax, the walls lined with books that bore the dog ears and ripped jackets of heavy reading. There were shelves filled with curios from many forgotten voyages soapstone Sednas from the Beaufort Sea, and coral formations from the Pomatus, faded pink conch shells, and the fluted calcium of giant Tridacnas, Medusae, Abalones, a chambered Nautilus.